Numero dos. My name is Amy and my name is Carly. And we are your hosts of the new podcast, The Selling Sisters. Welcome, witches and warlocks. That's right. Okay, we wanted to take a second um, to thank some people. Do you want to go first? Yeah. We, so literally like a week ago, this new baby of ours came to be and even before we dropped our first episode, guys, we had almost 70 followers right away, even before it started. Yeah. Which is awesome. So thank you all so much for following us and liking our page on Facebook and Instagram. We're super appreciative. We're super excited about this. And we're so glad that we actually have, like, awesome audience members because, you know, we were both pretty nervous about this from the beginning and... We're just so, so grateful for all of you guys. So thank you so much. Yeah, to the couple of people who, like, reached out to me and said that you listened, thank you. Yes. I was, like, not expecting that. Yes. Um, I was flat out going to be like, nobody's going to care. But some of you care. We, we have carers. We have carers. <laughs> that's not a word. I'm going to make it a word. I feel like it's more like caregivers. We have care bears. We have care bears. You guys are all our fellow care bears. Okay. Um, okay, so this episode is like my episode. Yes, it is Amy's episode. So I'm super excited because I I know what it's about, but I like know nothing. So oh, yeah. I'm super excited. Okay, and I'm so excited. I had to like stop myself from talking to Carly about all the stuff that I found out before this. I've been just dying to tell you. <laughs> I've been just dying to tell you. So Today we are going to talk about the history of the ghost light, thank you, and other theater superstitions. This is going to be a very um, theatrical episode. If you don't know, Carly and I are both theater people. We're actors, and we work in the biz. You know, the drama kids, the kids in high school that, you know, no one really understood why they were the way they were. That sang show tunes, Um, in case you couldn't tell already that we're those kind of people. Um, so we're going to talk about some of that stuff, and if you're not a theater person, you're totally going to still get what's going on. We got some wild things to talk about. Yes, I'm all about the wild. Yes, okay. So, what is a ghost light? In case you don't know, it is a single bulb floor lamp, and you leave it illuminated in the center of a stage at the end of each evening until work resumes, maybe like the next day, the next morning. So when you're in a show or you're working in a theater at the end of every day, there will be, it'll be somebody's job. Somebody will be assigned to do this. Um, they will like bring out a lamp, put it in the middle of the stage and like plug it in and leave it on all night long. Have you had theaters where there's like a specific person to put on a ghost light or leave a light on? We never had like a, a person assigned to it, but it was cool because like in my high school, there was it was always on. Like there was just like one that was just always on, regardless if it was the one on the stand or one that was just backstage. Mm-hmm. But it always was on, which yeah. I thought was super cool. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna talk about why do we even have a ghost light? Because at the end of the night, wouldn't you just turn all the lights off like a normal person, um, like a normal business? No. So, the obvious reasons for having a light on is because theaters are mazes. Um, There's a lot of different people moving around. There's a lot of, like, dark corners. So, having a 
is really important for safety. And usually light switches or like a board console where you would turn the light on is not near a door. Usually mm -hmm. it's somewhere like either way up like towards the back of the theater, like the back of the audience, or it's just somewhere that's really hard to get to. So if you were to come in the next day and you needed to turn the lights on, you would be like walking around in the dark for a long time. Um, so it just allows people to walk around um, while they find the actual lights to turn on. <laughs> Um, and it's also because, you know, different shows are always happening in theaters, so there might be big set pieces on the stage yes. or props, um, walls where there weren't walls once before. Um, so it's, there's a, the safety reason. Um, another reason, which is the reason that I think is really important, um, which I will talk a little bit about, is because there's usually an orchestra pit in a theater.
watching this happen, and I'm like, she's too close. She's too close. She's too close. And they're like, live on TV. (laughs) And I'm like, she's going down. She's going down. So I, like, run over to the stage manager. I'm like, she's going to fall in. She's going to fall in. The stage manager, like, sneaks up behind her. Because, you know, we don't want to ruin live on air TV. Everybody's working so hard to, like, make it special. It's 5 in the morning. It was also 5 in the morning. And he, like, creeps up behind her and just grabs her legs and holds her in place. And uh, this woman, if that would have happened to me, I would have screamed. And, like, all she did, like, just, like, the smallest little look down, figured out that she was about to die, took, like, two steps forward and was like, thank you, I'm good. I'm like, I just saw your life flash before my eyes, and you're like, no biggie, it's fine. And that is the wonderful magic of theater. I yeah. feel. Yeah. You could be inches away from death. <laughs> it's chill. And unfazed. It's live theater, everyone. Anything mm-hmm. can happen. Literally And anything. then do a jazz square and like, oh my gosh, Nick. Oh my gosh, literally anything can happen, which we're going to talk about. Oh my gosh, there's so many secrets. Ooh. Okay. I like secrets. One of the secrets. like legal reasons to have a ghost light, and this is like not proven, it's just like this crazy rumor, but everybody's like, this is the reason that you have a ghost light, is because a burglar broke into a theater, fell into the orchestra pit, broke his leg, and wasn't like found until morning, and he sued that theater for having an unsafe workplace, and he won. What? Yeah. So it's like not so the guy that came the to burglar steal something to was steal. like oh rip fell into a pit yeah and was like stuck down there until somebody came and sued the theater and won. <laughs> I'm shook. Shooketh and so this is like it is more of like a rumor a legend if you will. Um, so that's another reason why people would have a ghost light. Why it's said that people have a ghost light. Because hashtag safety. Hashtag safety. Safety first. Ooh, all the theater. So another reason, there are so many reasons to have a ghost light. There are many a spooky rumor. Is for the ghosts. Yes. So you could have a ghost light for the happy ghosts. Um, because if there are any happy ghosts in your, in your theater... They would like to use the space um, when nobody's around. Like, they're not going to interrupt your performance. So if you leave the light on for them, they can perform on their own time. They can practice whatever show they're doing um, so that they wouldn't disturb your live performances. Or it could be for the mean ghosts. Meanies. Mm-hmm. So this light is said to keep the mean ghosts away, mm. um, or maybe, like, keep the Phantom of the Opera away. That was in yeah, there, too. You know, he's great guy. He is. He is. We don't have time for his underground bullshit. No. I don't want an underground ripper in my theater. No, because imagine the mold. Oh, my gosh. And Theaters it, are already, like, pretty gross. Like maybe the asbestos. Just maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Just standing water under <laughs> your workplace. Ew. Um, so have keeping a light on would keep the mean ghosts from doing harm or to the actors or the crew okay. when you return. So if you leave the light off, they can like, you know, walk around and like loosen ropes and like you knock stuff over, make things unsafe for you. If you leave the light on, they'd be like, ah, it burns and they'll leave you alone. Um, and this 
was also this like mean actor, a mischievous actor ghost, was also known as Thespis. Yeah, who was the first known actor from ancient Greece. So is that why we call it thespian? It is. It is. So the English word thespian, which means actor, comes from the Greek guy who was like the first actor ever, Thespis. I mean... And apparently he just liked to try and harm other actors and crew as a ghost. That's not cool. No, it's not cool. Thespis, pull it together. Um, so, that's why we have a ghost Bum, bum, bum. Now we're going to talk about some other theater superstitions. Oof, um, there's a lot. There's a lot. So we're going to talk about mainly one, which is my favorite one. Um, and we're, we are not in the theater right now, so yes. I can say the word. You can say the word. Do you know what word I'm going to say? I do. Do you want to say, say it, it together? Okay. One, one two, two, three. three. Nick <laughs> <laughs> We said it! And the house didn't fall down. No, we're fine. Okay. We're not in the theater, we're so it's okay. Okay. So... Um, the superstition, um, if you did not know, Macbeth is a tragic play written by William Shakespeare. That guy. That guy. He's everywhere. Have you ever been in Macbeth? No. No? I'm way too scared. That's true. That's I'm true. way too scared yeah. to be in that show in a theater. Yeah. Do they, do they actually say Macbeth in the show? Oh, yeah. Because that's who they are. Lady Macbeth. Oh, that's and true. Yeah. Macbeth, the that's actual think about person. It. Um, I saw a production of Macbeth a long, long, long time, probably like 10 years ago, and they did it like Macbeth, like in space, and it was amazing. They like fought with lightsabers, and the witches were these like alien people. Okay, but like what? Because I feel like that was like 10 out of 10 of Jimmy Neutron. It was! <laughs> it was! <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that like bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble. There you go. 
Macbeth Shakespeare. Um, so if you end up, if you do say this word accidentally in a theater, there is an antidote, yes, which I did learn about from like the older cool high school kids yep. when I was in drama club in high yep. school. So what you would have to do is you would have to exit the theater. You would need to spin around three times, yep. spit yep. over your left shoulder, yep. and, and this is where I um, found a little bit of differences in my research. You could either recite a line from a Shakespearean play, okay, or say a profanity. Oh, yeah. So I learned that you would have to say the like the worst curse word that you know. Really, that's what I was taught. Because we definitely did the spin around three times, spin over your left shoulder. I had a feeling there was a third step, but it wasn't either of those things. Ooh. I'll have to think about it when we get back yeah. to you. Okay, let me know. Um, so this superstition that the this play or saying this word would bring bad luck began around 1606 when the play was very first performed. So its first performance ever. The actor playing Lady Macbeth died suddenly. Yeah, and at the time, women were not allowed to be actors, so a, there was a man um, playing Lady Macbeth. Um, and Shakespeare had to replace him last minute. I don't know, I couldn't find in my research if it meant that Shakespeare himself ended up playing Lady Macbeth, or if he just had to find another person okay. to replace him last minute. But either way, like... like died, died. Yeah. Just, like, randomly keeled over. Was this during a live performance? I think it was, like, right before... Okay. So imagine, like, being an audience member being like, whoa, that guy's good. Oh, just wait. Oh, he's... Oh, yeah, I'm over just wait. Okay. So then in the 17th century, a little bit later after this first production, another production in Amsterdam lost an, a an, an actor during a performance. Shut up. Uh-huh. I know. You took the words out of my mouth. So a real dagger was accidentally used Yo. instead of the prop fake Who dagger. Who was in charge of the prop table? I know. They always say, mark your props. Know where your props are yeah. before every single performance. Mm -hmm. If you don't know where your props are and the prop isn't there, that is your own fault. Yeah. Whoever messed up, that is on you. I want to know, like, how this happened. Did somebody, like, come in and switch? Like, this, like, you, this guy owed you money? I don't know. And you came in and switched the, the props to a real one? I just, were you practicing with the real one the whole time? Because you're like, it'll be fine. And then some you people, into it. But some people use, like, dull weaponry. Yeah. So maybe they didn't dull it enough? Maybe. And because, so, for those who don't know, I was in an indie horror film, The Nursery. It is free on Amazon Prime if you're a Prime member, or on iTunes. Not trying to plug myself, but there plug you go. Plug yourself. I it's really cool. It, is, it, it was a fun time. Um, it's really scary. And when we were rehearsing a certain death scene by a certain character, <laughs> there was a real knife. Really? Yes. It was dulled, but it was real. Oh, and they dulled it. Okay. They did dull it, but every time that we practiced with it, I was like, hmm, if this foam wasn't on my back, yeah. what would happen? Because that's <laughs> a little, it's a little frightening when it's, when it's like you. Yeah. And you are the person on the other end of that. Mm -hmm. So, that's maybe what could have happened. Yeah. But I definitely think it was someone 
switch to house. Yeah, so that would be like mischievous and conniving to do that. Going in for the 600s. Like, like, people were just bored. I think, I don't know. And yeah, I feel like at the time, and maybe even still now, like people get mad over a lot of stuff and they yeah, yeah, if you don't get the part you want from someone yeah, else. Maybe that's what it was. Like <sighs> some, whoever <sighs> this was. So the actor, he was playing King Duncan. Um, okay. When in this part, who apparently gets stabbed with a dagger. Um, I have not seen this show in a long time, so I'm not going to, I don't remember who King Duncan is. Um, yeah. Um, okay. In 1947. The year my dad was born. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's about to get wild. Oh. <laughs> There's so much that I have to share, all based around this play. So, actor Harold Norman who played Macbeth and did not believe in the superstition, was also killed. So, also, on stage, during... During a live show. A live show. Jeez. So he didn't die on stage, but he was wounded in the sword fight between Macbeth, who that's the character he was playing, and Macduff, another character, and died because he got wounded and he had to go undergo two major surgeries. Oh, shit. And die as a result. Yeah. So you got stabbed or something. Yeah, like, I know. Clearly, like, something that was a major mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. And I looked up, there was, like, some newspaper articles from that event and from 1947, and they didn't quite say, like, how he was wounded on stage or what the two operations were. Mm. Which I'm, I'm curious about. Okay, here's the big one. Okay. All yours. Several riots have also broken out in the audience during productions of Macbeth. Like, about the show? Yes and no. But (laughs) it's wild. Okay, so one of the riots was in 1721 at Lincoln's Inn Fields Theater. Okay. A second one was in 1772 at Covent Garden. And the third one, which is the one we're going to talk about today, was in 1849 at Astor Palace Opera House in New York. And what was so specific and interesting about this one? Well, there was a rivalry between fans of British actor William Charles McGrady and American actor Edwin Forrest. Okay. In this riot, 22 people died and over 100 were injured and over 100 were arrested. Yes. So, here's what's going on. So, the British actor, McCready, was known for very subtle, refined performances um, in his acting in an effort to make theater and Shakespeare seem more highbrow. They wanted it to be for, like, upper-class people. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So, the Astor Palace Opera House hired McCready to try to gain more of an upper-class audience. Okay. So, Uh yeah, like, this is so... So fancy, pinky up, mm-hmm. we drink champagne at three in the afternoon at this place. Come Wouldn't that be nice? Sally. <laughs> Come on down. But, um, and you know this, but Shakespeare was originally, like, his works were written for the masses. Yes. Theater was yep. a very, like, it was for everyone. You could, like, walk in and, like, chomp on your turkey leg ah. and, like, cheer for whoever was in the play that you liked. Like, it was... Like it was very interactive. Yeah, it was like a big time. sporting event. Mm-hmm. It was for everybody. 
And I feel like today Shakespeare has a little bit more of that, like, notion that it's fancy and you're not going to understand if you're not smart enough. Well, to tip my nose to you, mm-hmm. Chester. <laughs> Chester. Um, but it wasn't. It was originally written for everybody. And it had that. stuff for everybody. The original inclusive event. Yeah. Go eat your turkey legs. Um, so, we have McCready. He's British, wants to be fancy. Mm. Now, we have Edwin Forrest, American, doesn't really care about being fancy. Yeah. Um, so he was known for being really forceful, very overly dramatic, and having masculine performances. Which I just think is the funniest word to describe how an actor performs. They're just so masculine and, and enthusiastic. It is true. I feel like there are a couple actors I know that I could say, that was a really masculine performance. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Forrest is 13 years younger than McCready. Okay. Um, and his acting style was obviously a little bit more popular with the lower class. Mm-hmm. And it was said that Forrest had gone to England to watch McCready in a play, and Forrest, like, stood up and, like, heckled him. In the middle of the performance to like say you suck that's just mean i know it is that's mean. rude it is mean and that's not giving us americans like that great of a reputation no because i feel like we don't really have that great of a reputation i i agree it's bad maybe one we're just, we're just we're just not doing good no we gotta get it together and going off of that at the time um that this riot took place there was a lot of unrest between the Americans and the British. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, which we talked about last week, the Irish, who were suffering from the potato famine. They were just trying to eat their potatoes. And it all comes full circle. Full circle. Full so, circle. At this point in time, the Americans and the Irish had a lot of animosity towards British people. We're trying to like gain our independence. All of that kind of stuff. And it was the American people were upset with the British people. And vice versa. We are all just not playing nicely. Not sharing our toys. Mm -hmm. No, this is why we can't have nice things. So, McCready opened Macbeth on May 7th in 1849. While Forrest was performing the same show at a larger theater a few blocks away. Do you think he's overcompensating for something? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 I do. I do. Penis joke. So this larger theater was um, larger, but I think the tickets were a little less expensive. Okay. It was a little bit more for the lower class, and it was a Broadway theater. Mm. And it was only a couple blocks away from the Astor Place Opera House, where McGrady was. So fans of Forrest would go to McGrady's productions just to heckle him. It was said that, and this was his first performance of Macbeth, McGrady couldn't even get out one sentence. The audience was just packed with people booing, hissing, screaming at him. They threw things at him as well. They threw apples, coins, potatoes. Those Irish people. Why waste the potato? The famine's not here. you got to save that. Um, 
they also threw lemons, which I just thought was funny. And some people lemons. Throw them at an actor. Please don't tell that would hurt. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if you got hit? That would hurt so bad. Um, some people in the audience even threw their chairs. Luckily, <laughs> they all missed. So McCready, fearing for his safety, he left through the through the back door and he was like, I'm out. I'm canceling the rest of the run. Well, yeah, I'm not doing this. I would. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So the producers, the people who owned the theater, the people who worked at the theater, they all convinced McCready to come back. And they're like, it's going to be fine. We'll make sure that you're protected. Like, this was totally not cool. And McCready was like, all right, I'll come back on May 10th. Um, meanwhile, this other guy named Isaiah Rinders, I think I'm saying that name right, what, who was a political operator and a gang leader... Oh, no. Mm -hmm. He bought 500 tickets to the show and was handing them out to people who were forest supporters so that they would all go to McCready's performance and heckle him, boo him, just give him a hard time. Um, people asked Forrest what he thought about all of this, and he said, two wrongs do not make a right. Let the people do as they please which I find fascinating that All right. this guy had the power to end this. He could have been, he could have said something like, like this no, is silly. This is not Just come cool. to my show instead. Yeah. But he chose to be like, nah, do what you want, guys. Let them eat cake. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels to me. And I'm like, oh, how the turntables. <laughs> Forest. So, the night of the performance arrives. The police had warned the mayor that they didn't have enough manpower to contain the riots. People were starting to gather. Oh. Yeah, so the whole theater was sold out, and then people were also gathering outside of the theater. So 10,000 people had assembled outside. And the police, they tried to only allow, like, legitimate ticket holders to come in, so, like, if you were actually wanting to come to go see the show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course, how do you monitor that? Like, you just check their ticket and you just look them real hard in the eye and say, like, do you really want to see the show? Do you really, like, do you just love Macbeth? Or yeah. are you just here to, you know, bully our staff? Check their pockets for potatoes and lemons. Yeah. How would you smuggle that in? You know, like, how now, yeah. nowadays you can smuggle in, like, basically anything you want to a movie theater? To a movie theater. Like, you know, snacks, mm -hmm. candy, liquor, gum. But at the time... You only had your pockets. Yeah. Do they have purses and stuff? I guess they're yeah, not. the little ones. But a man not. wouldn't... A man probably. wouldn't have a man yeah. purse yet. No. Maybe a satchel. Maybe. I don't know. So, the police were, like, trying to monitor who was going inside of the theater, and they also locked all the doors, and the windows were barricaded. Mm. One window was forgotten. Mm. Mm -hmm. Rioters obviously found this window, and they broke it with rocks mm. and swarmed inside. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, the riot begins. The performance of Macbeth started at 7.30 p.m., but there was a small group of people who had made it past the police, like, checking and monitoring people to see if we were actually there to watch um, and they immediately 
got up and tried to rush the stage and, like, capture McGrady. Ah! Yeah! Um, the police, like, caught these people, the police that were inside the theater, caught these people and put them in a makeshift, like, prison cell that they made inside of the theater. They what? Because, like, where, what are you going to do? So I don't know if this was just, like, a random storage room, a broom closet. I am not sure. But the police were like, we'll just lock you in this room. Stay here. The show must go on. That's like the OG show must go on. Yes. People coming after you. <laughs> so this group was obviously upset by being locked in a broom closet. So they held up wooden shavings to the gas lights, which were like fi- fire. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Not, not like, fire. Yeah. And they set their cell on fire and got free. Do it, folks. Just set it on fire. Um, so nobody, because all this was happening, there's ten thousand people outside. People are breaking through windows, getting in. People are setting this the theater on fire. Nobody's actually paying attention to the play. Well, no. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, other things going on. Yeah. In one of the articles I read, apparently everyone's heads were turned to like the back of the theater and watching the doors as like people were pounding trying to break the doors down. Really? I just feel bad for all the other actors in this show. Like, I'm tree number two, this is my <laughs> big shot. Nobody's looking at me. And they're just here to set it on fire. So why don't you come and be quiet? Yes. So they ended the show early. <laughs> Great. Understandably yes. so. Uh, McCready was put into a disguise and rushed to a hotel. So he was gone. Okay. Gone. Nobody cared. Um, nobody actually cared. It wasn't oh. really about McCready. It was about the British. So the riot was still continuing. The mob outside was growing in anger. They started throwing stones. They found bricks, like, um... They call them pavers, so like bricks for like the ground. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Um, because there was construction somewhere nearby, and they were throwing them at the windows, breaking down the doors. Jeez. Yes, and people were shouting these little phrases. I quote: "Burn the damn den of aristocracy!" And they were also shouting at the police: "Fire if you dare! Take the life of a freeborn American!" a bloody British actor. Oh yeah, people were mad. Dark. Yeah. So, this whole riot wasn't necessarily about these two actors. It was about much more than that. However, I find it interesting that it was all because of McCready. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So the police then called the local militia to help, because the police were like, we... We're going to need a bigger vote. Exactly. The police were like, we can't do this. So the local militia tried to help um, stop the riot. And near the end, over 22 people died. I know. Um, The police and the militia, as they were, like, trying to quiet things down, they had said to each other, if you're going to shoot, aim low so that you don't kill anybody. That hopefully you only injure them. Yeah. But still, 22 people died. Over 100 people were injured, and over 100 rioters were arrested. Well, yeah. And that's the end of the riot. So, jeez, where is the theater?
computer today. What happened after this right. I was literally going to ask, is it still around? No. Oh. So, the theater, sadly, never reopened. They were never going to financially recover from this. Um, <laughs> did you get it? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so, the theater was sold 50 years later, um, and it was demolished, and it was made into a library. Okay. The building still stands today. However, it is not a library. It's a Starbucks. I wonder if it still counts. Technically, the theater was demolished, but it's still like the ground. But it's still on the foundation. The it's like, ground. You know, it's building like a house on a Native American yeah. ground. Yeah. Okay, so nobody's saying it's bad in Starbucks. It's so not just that, that Starbucks. Just that one. That Ooh, one. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky Starbucks. So that's my like wildest story for today. But I have some ones that are a little bit lighter, a little more fun. Some other theater superstitions. And there was a couple here that I had not heard of. So okay. the first one that I did not hear of, I didn't know about this, you're not supposed to whistle backstage. I have heard that one. Yeah. Do you know why? No. Okay. It's because many stagehands were sailors. Oh. Because rope. So like sailors. <laughs> sailors would be the people, you know, like hoist the sail and yeah, yeah. tie the jib. I don't know. I don't know anything about rope. Um, and backstage, they would have that fly system yep. to raise and lower curtains and other set pieces, things like that. So sailors were hired to work in theaters because they were really good at, at, knots. at ropes. <laughs> so That's why, your prerequisite. But why is that bad luck? Did like, someone die? So the sailors, what they would do on the boats is to help signal each other when to, like, hoist the sail. They would whistle. So if you were going to whistle backstage, it might give a stagehand the cue to like lower sense. something. Oh, okay. And something could be lowered on your head, and you could die. Very true. Yeah. Don't so die. Nobody whistled backstage. No whistling. No whistling. Um, another one that I also did not know about was um, no peacock feathers. That I have not heard. I have Please not either. Explain. And I am sure that at some point in my life, there has been a peacock feather with me on stage, and now I'm a little worried. I didn't think about it, like, is there a character in Clue that is Mrs. Peacock? Yeah. Because there's Clue, like, the play, there's Clue the musical that you Clue can do. Clue Clue Yeah, that you uh, can do on the stage. The game, that we yeah. all know and love. Clue the franchise. Very true. Where, so, at So, yeah, point, would she wear pe peacock feathers? Then? She must. You would think. If you just get creative, Maybe just colors, colors resembling. Yeah, and it is said that the like pattern on a peacock feather is supposed to represent an evil eye, and that it will it will bring bad luck and curse yourself. Mm. Yeah, I did not know that. That's cool to me. Yeah. Okay, I have one that I'm going to ask you about. Okay. I want to know. So you know about break? You say break a leg yes. instead of good luck. Yes. Do you have a reason why? I want to say it's because there was this person that broke a leg during a performance back way back in the day. Oh, but is that like nobody ever told you why you say break a leg? No, not that I can think of. Ooh, so I was told many things, and there are many theories why you say break a leg. So one that I was told is that it's like the opposite of good luck. Um, so instead of okay. saying good yeah. luck, you would say something not so nice. So that you would kind of have an opposite mm -hmm. thing. Um, other people.
say it refers to bowing. Like you're at the end of the show, you would bend your knee or break your leg. Okay. And at the end, so it's like you made it okay. through the show. You stayed alive through the show, so you get to you get to take a bow. You get to break your leg and take a bow. Um, other people say it's about it's because of the curtains on the side of the stage, which are called legs. They're these like big, usually black curtains that sort of block the backstage area. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would say that if you like walk past them to enter the stage to get into the center stage, you would be breaking a leg. So it'd be like. You go out there, buddy. You go do it. Okay. And one that I just thought was particularly funny is because it refers to a German toast, and I might have you try and pronounce this. Even though I am a German lady, I've never spoken German in my life. So, here, I'll show it to you. Alls und Bienbruch. Bienbruch? That was good. Bien, probably Bienbruch. All right. There we go. I might have, we might have butchered it. Alls und Bienbruch. Yeah, so that was like a famous toast, and it means neck and leg fracture. Cheers! <laughs> Cheers, neck and leg fracture. Okay, I got two more. Um, one that I kind of knew about was you're not supposed to have mirrors on stage. Which definitely have been broke. That, that one is a, I've had... Did you break it? No. Oh, okay. No, just that I've been in shows with mirrors Mm -hmm. on stage. Yeah, I know there was one play that I was in where it was, like, a plot point that, like, there was a mirror. Yeah. So we took, like, a regular mirror and we put stuff on it so that it wasn't super reflective. It just kind of looked, like, dusty. And the, like, set designer told me that you put stuff over it so that it doesn't, like, mess with the pretty lighting. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, reflect weirdly into, like, an audience member's eyeballs. Um, and it is said that you should not have a mirror on stage because if it breaks, you'll get extra bad luck. Yeah, I mean, normally you get seven years. I wonder if it was in the theater, like, 700. Yeah, maybe. 700 years of bad luck to you. The theater people are just real worried about bad luck. And are always overdramatic. I know, always. However, okay, so in musicals like A Chorus Line, where the whole back wall is supposed to be mirrors, yes. or Phantom of the Opera, yes. where Christine has that, yeah, has that mirror in her dressing room mm-hmm. that she goes through, so they have mirrors or some type of reflective thing, and they mm-hmm. seem fine. So maybe this one is, this one's okay. Just don't break it. Just don't break it. That's it. That's the superstition. You can have it. Just, just don't break it. Just can't break it. And my last one, which you talked about, because we have some ambiance today. I did. Back in the day before electricity, mm-hmm. they obviously used candles. Um, and candles were on stage, they were lighting everything. So there was lots of fire around. Yeah. Um, so at the time before electricity, many theaters burned down because people would leave candles on everywhere and all the time. So it is said that it is bad luck and it is not cool to have three lit candles like next to each other in like a clump. Okay. And if you stood, whoever ends up standing next to the shortest candle, they would either be the next to get married or, I know, cool, or the next to die. So, you know, the yin of it, the yang of it. So... 
Win-win. Win-win. <laughs> I don't want to take those odds, so I'm just never going to have three lit candles next to each other no. in a theater. But it's also just, like, a total firecracker because yeah. of all of the, like, fabric that mm-hmm. is in a theater. It's the curtains. curtains. Curtains everywhere. And how expensive they are. Yeah. And how expensive it is to get a fireproof one. Yeah. My high school had one. Mm-hmm. And it was like this big tan canvas that mm. I don't even know how old it was. They always said, you know, don't mind the asbestos when it was either oh, getting lifted up or getting brought down. Because it would be brought down or um, mm-hmm. at the end of like the school year yeah. to keep it like over the summer. And I just remember beginnings of rehearsals or auditions, we'd have to, it was like a special fly system mm-hmm. for that fireproof yeah. curtain. And I could understand why a theater would have one because of candles and yeah. fire, but man. I know. I know. And those things, like, you can't clean one of those curtains. Oh, you no, can't that put it in the laundry. Not, that was not clean. Like, it, it is not clean for you. It is done. Oh. So what did we learn today? We learned don't say Macbeth. Maybe just don't even do it because you might have a giant riot in your theater over political unrest. Basically. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a personal experience where somebody said the word in your theater? I don't think so. And if they did... I believe it was probably in high school when you're all very young and dramatic. When I was told about the superstition, the little antidote where you spin around three times, I think somebody may have demonstrated it and said the word and then immediately like did the, did the antidote. No curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you? Oh, yeah. What did you show I got off? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. What yeah. happened? So I was a junior in high school, and we were doing – as you like it, so a William Shakespeare show, no! actually, mm-hmm. and there was this little twerk kid, who I believe was either a freshman or a sophomore, and he was a very smart boy, but one of those where they were more book smart than street smart, oh. and he just thought it was so funny, no. just to be like, this is dumb, and you know what, you don't have to believe it, but if you're in... The theater on let's just ask him on for bad Thespians turf. You best respect the rules. Thespians will come get you. Thespians will come get your ass. <laughs> so it was. I think it was a matinee. Thank goodness, because matinees just aren't good for business. No, they're really not. They're for the new hairs. Yeah. The old people who cannot stay up late. Nope. Although I don't mind a matinee. I hate matinees. I don't mind watching. When you're in it, it feels like less. It's just dragging. It's just, you feel like it's dragging. Your legs, you're tired. Mm -hmm. You know that you have another show to do, most likely in four hours. You're hungover from the night before's (laughs) cast party. (laughs) Maybe. But, anyways, so we had had some weird stuff happen at the beginning of the show. And I was in the show, but I was also at a point needed to go up to the sound booth to grab a prop or something like that during the performance and when I got up there there's a scene where it's two people and they're supposed to be peeling potatoes on stage oh no and normally we would use a fake potato peeler and the prop 
went away. Like, oh, no. nobody knew where it went. Oh, so no. then we had a real potato peeler <gasps> who came. So then he brought that one on stage, and he ended up cutting himself on stage, bleeding pretty badly no. from the from the words where your wrist ends to your hand all the way up to your like thumb. Up your thumb. Just sliced like a good few layers of skin. He done off. peeled himself. And this was the one who said he didn't believe in it? No, this is just an actor. This is just an actor. Oh, okay. And we're noticing on stage from the sound booth that something is just not right. He's holding his hand very, very weird. Oh no. So then I quickly run down, go backstage to see if I can get a better look, and I tell the stage manager he's bleeding. There was blood dripping all the way down from his from his hands, his forearms, and his costume started, I could see it from his costume because he was wearing like all gray. So once the scene ended, he handled it very well, but he was rushed off stage and quickly we needed a first aid kit. He thankfully did not need stitches. But, however, two other incidents happened where one person did fall down the stairs on stage and one other person um, dislocated her knee. In this same All in show? The same show. Oh my goodness. So I had asked, okay, what yeah, what happened? What's going on? And one little freshman girl, and I I'll keep her name private, but she was I held her dear to my heart all the time that I knew her. She said, Well, um, I heard Timmy say the Scottish play down in the in the green room. And our green room in our high school was below the theater. And I immediately rushed down there, grabbed that kid by the lapels, and I was like, did you say that word? And he, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no! So we had to do the spin around three times around your shoulder. And luckily by the last performance, all had kind of set the dust had settled. But there is an instance where, yes, you do believe in superstitions. It could have been total coincidence, but I really don't think so because that kid was, I guess, just saying it like ten times in a row <gasps> under the stage. Well, Timmy, keep your mouth shut. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I have many uh, an onstage mishap story, so maybe another time you can share more of those. Okay. Which I think could be cool. But I don't think... No, there was one time that I was like the one who ended up bleeding. You, I don't know if you know this. Because it was in college, but it we was? weren't. Yeah. So do you remember High School Musical? Yeah. Yeah, we did a High School Musical in college, everybody. Because that's a cool idea. Yeah. I actually had fun. I like High School Musical. And I ha- I was having a great time. I was like a freshman. It was like my first college show. And I was playing Kelsey, who's like the shy, nerdy girl who's the piano player. And she like writes the music. Even though you didn't play piano. I do not play the piano <laughs> at all. So they had me stand next to the actual piano player, and they taught me how to conduct a little bit. I am not great at it, but that's all I, and I got to stand there the whole show. I got to, like, be on stage for everything. I was having a great time. Um, So if you don't know, Kelsey, who is the character I played, she is clumsy, and she falls down a lot during the show. I think I ended up falling down, like, three times. And each time, I'm supposed to, like, I have this giant binder of papers. I'm supposed to just, like, throw all the papers in the air, scatter everything, just be a complete mess, which is super fun. The, I think it was the last show and the last fall that I had, I fell, and the binder of all my papers had the little rings that had come open. Um, 
and my hand went down like on one of the open rings. I know. And I didn't notice for a long time because it always kind of hurt when I fell a little bit. You're like, that's nothing new. I'm basically like made of glass. Um, so I was like, okay, that's a bruise for tomorrow, guys. It's fine. And so I like get up and I gather my papers and all of a sudden I'm like, why is my hand wet? That's weird. And I look and it's covered in blood. And I'm like, oh no. And it's the end of the show. We're supposed to be like singing. We're all in this together. We have a group dance. And we're all supposed to like hold hands. Ugh. And have a whole like kumbaya, like beautiful connected moment of unity. And I'm like, I can't. Anybody's hand. No, it was. I'm not gonna say her name. Never mind. Who I had to hold her hand, and I'm like, I couldn't communicate because we're singing. I tried to communicate with my eyes, like, look at my hand. I cannot hold your hand. I'm so sorry. I can't do it. Uh, and she was just like, What's going on? She like was so confused. She didn't know what I was trying to communicate to her, and I just didn't let her hold my hand at the end. And I like. <laughs> Maintain composure until the MC can grow off stage and then like freak smiling. out. So then freak I like walk her off stage next to her and she was kind of like, what are you, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, my hand. And I like show it to her and she's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to hold you with my bloody hand. My bloody claw. My bloody claw. Uh, but it was fine. Put a band-aid on. We're good. Everything's fine now. But there's always, it's always so interesting with those theatrical mishaps that all of us as actors know that they happen on stage. Yeah. And the audience has no, clue. no idea. No clue. I feel like there's like, always. Oh, but it was so obvious. Like, yeah. I totally buffed that line. And they're like, no, nah, it's sound great. Yeah, they have no idea. They have no idea how the show's supposed to go. But there's always something. There's mm -hmm. always something. So my other question for you is, in your high school, because it really didn't happen in college. Okay. For both of us. Um, did you guys have any type of ghost light ceremony or ghost light, <gasps> like, oh, you know, festivity that you would have in your theater? We had, we called it tradition. Okay. Um, I've never really talked about this with somebody who doesn't know tradition from my high school. So I'm all ears. I believe by this time, I'm sure that things have changed and that they don't do this anymore. Well, what about the tradition? I don't know. They might have changed it. Who knows? Um, although one of my students now, mm -hmm. where I work, she is the president of the drama club of my high school, where I was also president of the drama club. So it all comes like full That's circle. That's cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So tell me. Tell I'll me. have to ask her if they still do it. Um, so we called it tradition. Okay. And before the show, everybody would cram into the boys' dressing room. Okay. Um, and they would, like, dim the lights and, like, flicker lights and have string lights and just, like, things that glow in the dark. And it would be, like, a little baby nightclub in there. Baby rave. Baby rave. And we would play The Show Must Go On by Queen. Oh. So Freddie Mercury and the seniors would go, the seniors, the oldest, coolest kids, would stand on the countertops and they would make speeches and be like, we're going to go out there and we're going to give it our all and like motivational stuff and 
everybody would be crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was Very so, emotional. So dramatic. Very hormonal, emotional time for yeah. all of us. And then we would play that song, and everybody would sing along. And then there would be a certain point in the song, I don't remember, it's been so long, where all of the girls would leave, and the girls would all cram into the girls' dressing room. And same thing, we'd, like, change all the lights and have glow-in-the-dark stuff, and, like, those, like, star stickers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything is just gross and sweaty. And then the girls would give a speech to each other. And the boys would be doing some other kind of speech. Mm. I never quite knew what they talked about. Mm. But it would be more, the girls' speech would be more like, We are sexy, independent women, and we are beautiful, blah, 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 blah. Very, very supportive of each other. Female empowerment. And we would play this other song, and this is the only time I've ever heard this song. I've never heard it anywhere else. Call. I don't know if I can say it. I don't know. So, Taylor, you can cut this out if you need to. It's called I'm Horny. <laughs> Wait, like that's the like that's the title of the song. Okay, well, what like how did it go? <laughs> no, I can't. I'm too embarrassed. I never ended up singing I, along. I did not know what the song was. Look it up. Give me a minute. I'm horny. All night long. I made sh- all night long. <laughs> I'm making sure I'm on my friend. Okay. <laughs> and it was like a girl singing. Hot and juicy? Is that it? Maybe. That looks right. Here. I'll, I'm not going to play That's it. That's it. Those are the words. Yeah! That's the song. So, the first six verses are all night long I'm horny. Yeah. Six times in a row. Alright. Yep. So they would play that song. And we would all just, like, jump up and down and dance like we are the coolest people ever. And then all of the boys would kick through the door and come in and dance with us and just have, like, a little, like, 30-second, like, mosh pit. And then we would start the show. Wow. I know. I doubt that they still do that now. That's got to be some sort. I don't, I don't know why nobody was like, that's not allowed. Where were the teachers? Where were our parents? There was none of that in the theater. No. That's why people always are like, theater kids are so weird. Theater kids knew things. Oh my god. Other things that other people didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't that cool. I liked being by myself. But yeah, those people, they're wild. Wild. Okay, but you had like a nice tradition. Yeah, ours was definitely, we had our own type of, like, pump up for the show, before the show in high school mm-hmm. thing, but we actually had, like, a legitimate ghost light ceremony, yeah. and that was only after the show closed, so there was going to be no more shows, and mm-hmm. we had to strike the set, and striking the set for those who are in the theater means taking everything apart, cleaning out the dressing rooms, taking apart the set, putting things back where they go, leaving the space as empty as it was when we found it mm-hmm. to get ready for the next show that had residency or, you know, whatever was happening the next week in the high school. Um, so after all that was done, we would bring out the ghost light, which is on the traditional big, long pipe with the like little wheels, and you'd roll it out into the middle of the stage, and we would turn off all the lights, and then the only light in the theater was that ghost light, and it was, and it was always like a very tinted blue, 
of glowy light. And the reasoning that we did it that way was to let the spirits of our theater come forward and join us for our last little gathering. And that's when the seniors would kind of bend for speech, Mm -hmm. like, y'all have been doing this, and can we maybe move on and do this, and I'm just so grateful, and everybody had their turn to say something about the show or something about their personal lives, and it was a very emotional thing. There was boxes of Kleenex that were always passed around. and Always crying. But then the other thing, which I loved so much, and I can't remember the name, so anybody who's listening who... Uh, went to Madison East High School and graduated in 2011 from the theater program. Refresh my memory if you hear this. There was another thing that we did where we would divide the room in half on the stage still, and the first half of the, the cast would close their eyes, mm-hmm. and the on the other side would go and give everybody a hug. Aww. And we were like, we don't, don't let them. We don't want to be hugged or touched. Um, just. Put your hands over your chest and cross them and just stick it at the same like, oh, I don't want a hug, but thanks, feel the love spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then once that half of the room went and hugged everybody, then it would be the other half's turn. Then we all we do the same thing. If you didn't want to be hugged, you would just cross your arms over your chest. And then after that, after we were all sobbing, blubbering messes, our stage makeup wasn't melting off our face. I'm like, okay, let's go have a cast party now. Great, yay! Yeah. <laughs> all looking our best. But it was still really cool because I will never forget the first time that it happened as a freshman in high school, and I'll never forget the last one that I did as a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and it's something that I cherish dear to my heart still to this day. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful tradition, so I hope you listeners who are still in ESP, beside players, still continue the ghost light tradition because I think it is sacred and awesome. And a really great way to carry on a wonderful tradition. And all y'all from my high school, I really hope you're still skrelting. The show must go on right before you have to sing a beautiful song. That's a great, I think that's also a great tradition. Yeah. I think that's so, like, anytime I hear that song, I do get, like, little teary eyes. Oh, it's nostalgic. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All those lovely people. Totally. I hope you're all doing well. Yeah. Oh, God. dropping 
this Thursday, or maybe Wednesday night again, because we were feeling prompt and super excited before. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, it's a busy week ahead of us. We'll see. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yes. And we will be back for another episode and many, many more to come. So stay tuned and stay spooky. spooky.